It's the Empowerment Perspective Radio Show, hosted by Demiso Josie, Kareem Spence, and Miss Stacy Sanderson Dick. Stay empowered. Stay empowered. Hello, all right. Welcome to yet another edition of the Empowerment Perspective Radio Show. I go by the name of Demiso Josie alongside Spence's here. And Stacy Sanderson Dick. We have the whole crew back in the building. Yes. Oh, welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad you're back. How, how was the Hamptons? The, the Hamptons was wonderful, <laughs> Champagne, man. Champagne sipping, caviar eating. Eating. Gift giving? Mm-hmm. No, nah, I ain't giving no gift, Oh, man. come on. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Was you, let me ask you this. Was your presence the gift? Because sometimes that, I feel it. that way when I show up at places. I told you, man, I spent over a G just getting there between the <laughs> rental car. And I didn't even stay up there. You know, the rental car, the traveling, the gas. Okay. The kids stopping at McDonald's every five minutes. But, but they, did they hit you with, uh, are we here yet? Oh, yeah, they did that. I was pulling out my driveway, and they was like, yo, we, that, we there yet, Dad? He, he should have pulled right back in. He said, that's right. We're at the Hamptons right now. Daddy spent a lot of money to be here. Nah, but a uh, big shout-out to them. They're actually coming down. Got family out there in the Hamptons. They're coming down, I believe, next week, no, two weeks. Um, we're doing a big birthday party at the crib uh, for all our aunts and uncles. So what, they, they're leaving else. the Hamptons to come here. They come down here to to invade my house. So don't ask them to bring anything, though. No, nah, don't bring anything. It's okay. fine. That's no, why. You should be having them bring stuff. Baby. That's why I didn't give them anything, because I knew <laughs> I was hosting this party. Right, We're talking thing. about like 80 right. people. Right. Stop at Junior's. Bring some cheesecake. Some on cheesecake on the way back. You got to drive through Brooklyn anyway, so bring, Makes bring some cheesecake. Makes sense to me. Well, I got to take a personal story. This is about the pickle juice? No, it's not about the pickle juice. We're going to okay. talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> it's not about the pickle juice, but it has something to do with the gym. Okay. Okay. Now. I'm going to start this conversation by saying I'm not a morning person. So you're not supposed to talk to me at 5 o'clock in the morning when I'm at the gym. Gotcha. Don't get on the elliptical next to me and try to have a conversation. Because that tells me that you ain't working hard enough. Gotcha. I should be out of breath. Don't be talking to me while I'm on the elliptical. Okay. So two things happen. I go in there, and I'm, there's a shoulder deck. You know, I'm doing the circuit. Mm-hmm. So I'm hitting up the shoulders, hitting up the shoulders. And I see this big old muscle-bound dude on, like, the universal machine. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. Hit the next, hit the next uh, machine. I'm working my way down. Mind okay. you, him and his partner still on Universal. Okay. I get to the third machine. He was like, yo, I'm on that machine. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, like, yo? Yeah, yeah. He like, used the word yo? He said, yo, I'm on that machine. Ooh. I said, first of all, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. I don't want to talk to nobody, and you talking to me right now. Yeah. Now, he's full, dude. And I said, okay. yo, you ain't even on that machine right now. Okay. He said, but I'm about to be on that machine. He's about to be I on said, it. Did you say, well, I'm about to pop my trunk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, listen, you gotta be glad it's five o'clock in the morning. I don't wanna talk to you right now. Go ahead, have the machine. It ain't, it ain't that deep for me. Go I don't ahead, know. I wanna, uh, hear, I wanna hear his opinion on that. Would you I, I, have just given up the listen, machine? It's five o'clock in the morning, so I'm already aggravated. Right. Uh, have I given up the machine? No, I may have broke the machine so nobody can use it. <laughs> Nobody can Nobody's use gonna it. use the machine. How about that? You're gonna sweat on it and don't wipe listen, it down? You, you heard what they said in, in the movie with Eddie Murphy. You're not supposed to let nobody take your cornbread. <laughs> I don't even care if you're not gonna eat your cornbread. Nobody takes the cornbread. Nobody uses the machine. I was like, listen, you go ahead and have it. So I let him have the machine, and then I go on the elliptical, right? So I'm getting on the elliptical, and I'm a competitive person. So the guy gets on at the same time. Not the same guy, different guy this okay. time. So I'm getting there. I see him going up to level two. So I'm going to put my joint up to level two. Mm-hmm. You go up to level three. Now we're going back and forth, right? Now I'm like 15, 20 minutes deep. I'm like on level eight right now, and I see him tiring down. Okay. Just to prove a point, I stayed on the machine an extra 10 minutes. Just, just, to, just to prove a point. So you almost died on the machine. Did he know he was competing <laughs> against you? I have no idea, <laughs> but I pulled my hamstring. You got a soft tissue injury. All because you had a point to prove. I had a point to prove. On the I, elliptical I machine. I figured I got punked on the, on the shoulder machine, so I had to prove so a point. You're not talking about elliptical. doing squats. 
No. You're not doing a chest press. Nah, this nah. is the elliptical. Uh-uh. I put easy that on, jugger. Easy on the joints. I put that jugger up as high as I possibly could, as, as hard as I could. I'm sweating. So you're not even actually moving the machine. The machine is actually it's moving, moving you at me point. at this point. Yes, yes. yes. So is, people are like, why are you walking funny the next day? Because like, <laughs> you didn't have no pickle juice. That's exactly why. <laughs> what is the deal with this pickle juice? Listen, last night we were talking to a mixologist, right? And, you know, when we get to mirror places, we just start talking to people about random things. And she says she drinks pickle juice. Now, I can't fathom in my mind, you know, somebody just going ahead and just taking pickle juice to drink it. Like, you can have Kool-Aid, you can have water, you, you can have iced tea, but pickle juice? No, you're not yeah. supposed to be drinking vinegar. It's supposed to, it might have helped me with my pulled hamstring. Yep, it's supposed to help us. You heard of pickle juice before? Yeah, the football players were drinking it on the sidelines a few years ago when yeah. they were cramping up. Why'd he stop? I don't know. Because it don't work. Probably, but they were trying it. Uh. So you talk about these multi-million dollar athletes. Let's clear this up. We're talking about Eagles. They were the ones that were doing it. Eagles oh, were drinking Now all of a sudden he's juice. heard about it, though. I definitely heard about it. <laughs> I wasn't drinking on We have to juice. do some more research. We gotta all right, all right. We got, we got Sergio here. It's Sergio. You got to, okay, you're a trainer. And bring us up to speed with this pickle juice. What What is all the phenomenon about this, this pickle juice? Well, at least for me, when I use the pickle juice, I use it like we're, we're going out partying and like, all right, let's let's get some shots in you drink you take a take a couple of shots of vodka take a couple of shots of pickle juice you feel nice and nice and good but training wise yeah i heard the same thing it was more for like cramping uh making sure like everything that way or it helps you like clear your urine as well that's what Let, i thought let's go back to the drinking part like does it help you not get intoxicated As, it does, it's not that it helps you get intoxicated it takes that alcoholic that it takes the alcohol taste, taste out of it, out of it. Right, so you're like telling me now, because I want to bring it back to the Philadelphia Eagles, that the Philadelphia Eagles were on the sideline <laughs> drinking shots of pickle juice. They were. <laughs> and chasing it with some chasing. <laughs> so that's the key to win the Super Bowl. That makes perfectly good sense okay, to me. Okay, that's, that's, that's rational. I guess it's rational. So should I be taking my gym experience person? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that you, you probably just pulled up your car, popped the trunk, and said, listen, man. <laughs> I ain't about to have this conversation. I got I got daughters, but we can do it two ways. Either we can handle this like some men, or we can get to some gangster stuff. It was the way you want it. Listen, just like the uh, disclaimer before the show, the views of Mr. Petty does not necessarily <laughs> align with the views of Demiso and Josie. I can't speak for Stacy right now, but I do not advocate any violence oh, whatsoever. So that, I'm a is that what we're going to start doing now? We're going to put out our own personal disclaimers against each other? Yes. I guess that's what we're going to have to start doing. Oh, my goodness. Now, Stacey, you said your daughter's out there right now playing soccer. Yeah, she just wrapped up her first game. And, she, and, and tell me about this game. We're talking about these nets and no goalies and all other stuff, and they still was missing a goal. What, yeah, last year on? for U6, they were first-timers, most of them. So, and they were out there. They didn't have a goalie, and it was a smaller net. And they scored. Sometimes they missed. I can't. I, I know you can't wrap mind. your head around that. Is this technically soccer if they don't have a goalie? No. That's like surgery. It's like no. baseball without a catch. Yeah, honestly. It's impossible. But T-ball, man. you're playing without a pitcher. It's like that introductory it's, But league. it's T-ball. You don't call it baseball. But but here's the other thing. When you're playing T-ball, if you strike out, listen, you need not play at <laughs> all. No, you strike play. out with a T? <laughs> not play if you strike out with a T, absolutely. Something is really wrong with your kid if they're striking out playing T-ball. Listen, man. The, the T got is. five Ks against the, one guy. The wind might have knocked the ball off the T. You know, he might have swung and missed. I don't know. He swung, missed, and fell down at the same time? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) And the ball is still there? (laughs) So, Sergio, you're a baseball – I'm going to call you a baseball guru, right? Okay. So, what is the advantage of of, – it makes sense to me, but our audience may not know. The advantage of starting out with the T-ball. I feel like – so, for T-ball, it's actually great because 
even if you're like older, you should still hit off the tee. But mm -hmm. for tee ball, is getting that aspect of just getting your your just your hand-eye coordination, mm -hmm. knowing where the ball is, being able to put it right there, being able to put your bat to the ball. Mm -hmm. That's the most important part. If you mm -hmm. can't put your bat to the ball, there's no way you're ever gonna hit a ball. So growing up, like you myself to this day, I still hit off a tee. Every time I start off mm -hmm. in the batting cage, I hit off the tee. I don't go on a pitching machine at first. I don't try to get live pitching. I go right off the tee and try to see how far I can hit it. Mm. Um, so, and I, it helps your mechanics out. It helps you be able to get that, your front foot, your front foot down, making you squashing the bug, uh, turning your hips, making sure you're getting to a good lane to the ball. Instead of pulling it or going opposite field, you're going right up the middle. So that's why I think a lot of people don't understand how important tee work is. And mm. I, I think tee ball is awesome. But once you get a kid that's actually good on a tee ball and is hitting it outside of the outfield, then you can just move them up. There's a lot of eight-year-olds that can play nine and ten U, mm -hmm. um, but they they still keep them in AU, which makes no sense. Mm -hmm. But now, Mr. Petty, you seem yes. very passionate about listen, the, the, baseball. the tee ball thing. Did, well, were you the one that missed the ball and struck uh, out back then? Listen, I'll say this. I'll say this. Right. I remember the very first time that they allowed me to um, to do a practice on the infield, so they let me hit the ball to the infield. I, I was so excited, right, that I could not hit the ball. Now, I would toss the ball up, and I could not hit the ball. I was so excited. And I didn't realize how tough that was as a coach to be able to hit the ball in the infield, mm. especially when you want to hit, hit it on the ground and it goes in the air. So <laughs> I can understand how the kids really get upset when they miss the ball because it's, it, it happens. That's the best of it. So you're coaching, and you're sitting there trying to throw the ball up in the air, and you keep missing. Listen, it is really tough. Hand-eye coordination. Uh -huh. To throw the ball up, mm -hmm. right, and then be able to hit it. Mm -hmm. And the kids are looking at you like, I don't even know why you're out here because you can't hit the ball either. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to coach me and you can't hit the ball? What kind of person are you? You got to bust out the tee. Huh? You're going to have to bust out the tee. <laughs> I remember, uh, and I'll take you guys back. So my uh, when I was 12, I played an all-star game. Right, mm -hmm. We had our first all-star practice, and I'm excited I'm trying to impress all the coaches. And I have no idea why they continued to let me hit because I couldn't hit nothing mm. this day. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. So they let me up there. And I want to say that I had probably a 34-inch bat that they finally gave me to be able to make contact. Mm. They let me take bat in practice every bit of 15 minutes. And I'm guessing they talked to the other kids like, this is what you're not supposed to do. But they just kept throwing the ball. And it didn't matter where they played that. That disclaimer's followed him from uh, T-ball all the way up to now. <laughs> that was a rough tryout for the All-Star team. I, I made it, but it was rough. Uh, and they put me in right funny. field. Uh, last night we talked about the difference between coaching and training. Mm. Sergio, can you break that down for our audience? What's the difference between the two? So for myself, I'm more of – I consider myself an instructor over a coach. So mm. – I always tell people that an uh, instructor is more one-on-one -on -one, or you have mm -hmm. a maybe group of four or five kids that you coach with at the same time, teaching them very similar uh, mindsets. A coach is more of, hey, let's put a lineup together. Let's get on the field. Let's hit some ground balls. Let's mm -hmm. see who I got to switch in and out. But for instructing, I feel that you really have to have a good knowledge of the game mm -hmm. um, and actually be able to sit there and explain to my students. Uh, explain explain, I, I, like I consider my, uh, my kids students of the game. So I had my clinic this morning my catching clinic, and I sit there and I stop my class and I'm like, hey, how do we block a baseball? Somebody explain to me how you block a baseball. Mm -hmm. So I'm having my kids go through it and they're like, do you do it? Is it this way? And I'm like, why should I, why should you guys explain it back to me? Mm -hmm. They're like, we don't know. I'm like, it's baseball IQ. You guys got to understand how to play. Mm -hmm. You guys got to understand where you're headed. So you guys, if you guys ever go to see your parents, your parents are good paying good money. Mm -hmm. But like, what did you learn today? Oh, what did the T drill with Sergio? Mm -hmm. Oh, 
what's the tea drill? And they can be able to explain it to their parents. So their parents are like, oh, I'm getting my money's worth. Mm. But they're actually learning right. and they're getting better. So they can instruct or they can coach better yeah. growing up that way. So right. that's, I think, the difference between an instructor and a coach is that somebody has very good knowledge of the game and is able to critique and show you exactly what you're doing wrong, but be able to fix it. So mm -hmm. you're, you're a better uh, ball player in the long run. Right. And now that you say that, kind of makes sense. And I'm using a parallel in my professional uh, life is that I'm an administrator, which technically is a coach. Mm -hmm. But what the Empowerment Perspective Group does is that we do professional development. So we are the training of, of those educators mm -hmm. as well. Um, while we're there, Mr. Spence, can you break down what is the Empowerment Perspective Group? Because I'm getting all these, you know, what is exactly well, do you guys do? Well, we do a whole lot. Um, <laughs> I'll start and I'll really simplify it so that it'll be easy for people to understand. More important than anything, what we attempt to do is to empower and inspire other people mm -hmm. to be able to go out and do great things. We, we try to position ourselves and be able to talk to other people that are doing great things in the community. Why? Because we want more people to do great things in the community. Mm -hmm. We're trying to change the scope of media, mm -hmm. mainly with educators, because mm -hmm. as soon as an educator makes one mistake, we on the news, mm -hmm. but let an educator do something great, and mm -hmm. they just look at you like you, you all right. It's cricket. Yeah, do it, do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Like Biggie said, do it again. <laughs> yeah. Then you go platinum again. That's funny. So, yeah. for, so for us, you know, we're just out trying to um, change the scope of the media and mm -hmm. really just to celebrate educators. Go on the road, mm -hmm. talk to some educators, help them be able to work with students that can be at times challenging. Because mm -hmm. uh, I know that I'm still a challenge for many people, including <laughs> my peers. <laughs> that so. is true. Just to give a, a perfect example, we had Frankie on last week, um, and she was interested in uh, having a position in the media, so mm -hmm. I invited her on. And through the context that we had now, she's able to contact, she actually is in a, talks with the lady from ABC about mm -hmm. a job. So awesome. it's about empowering people. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the, this radio show, the podcast, the speaking engagements, mm -hmm. those are just the vehicles that we are about, you know, trying to get our message out there. So um, that's what the empowerment perspective is about. So we can talk about sports. We can talk about politics. We mm -hmm. can talk about anything um, and, and hopefully get you the correct information. So um, on this show today, we have a mix. So we got Sergio here. We're going to celebrate him, too. We're going to make oh, yeah. a major announcement in a second um, mm -hmm. about what he got going on. Um, so we're going to talk to him. And then uh, later on in the show, we have um, Teen Sharp uh, mm -hmm. on. Yeah, Tatiana's, Tatiana's we have a call in. We have a call in. So um, uh, Sergio, you're, you're leaving us. Yes. Um, where are you going and what are you doing? So I will be moving to Miami, Florida uh, on Tuesday. Um, I will be working for Amazon. I'm going to be a, um, a talent supply chain coordinator um, with Amazon. Mm -hmm. So basically, I'll be a recruiter recruiting for the, some of the warehouse jobs or entry-level jobs, mm -hmm. going out to high schools and some colleges to recruit and give some people some work. So the good thing about it is big, big reason why they picked me up is because I was a college recruiter. Mm -hmm. um, so if they wanted me to be able to reach out to high school students, high school students who don't know if they want to go to the military, they want to go to college, at least they have an aspect to go work for someone or work mm -hmm. for Amazon and work their way up that way. So that's so a big reason. What kind of characteristics do you look for? Um, let's say, let's take, go back to your college recruiting days. Like what are you, what kind of students and like, what were you looking for in order to have that student fit the, the company that you represent? So for me, um, so I worked with a program called EOF, Educational Opportunity Funds, and I worked with a program called Las Vias. So what EOF was for first-generation college students um, who were underprivileged. Uh, a lot of times for them, I looked for their, them were first-generation college students, were uh, eligible for financial aid, but I wanted to look for students for the summer program who 
wanted to be there, mm-hmm. who wanted to like increase their knowledge, who wanted to have uh, mentors that wanted to do more. So I got a lot of good students, especially with, with the Las Vias group that was more with, for Hispanic students. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have to have financial aid. A lot of my students were DACA students, were the Dreamer students. Mm-hmm. But them, uh, those students, that was a first year program that we started. And I was able to bring in 25 uh, Latino students. Awesome. All of them were from uh, Cumberland County area, so Island, Millville, uh, Bridgeton. Um, some of them uh, from like Shalik as well, but they were probably my best group I had and all of them finished their freshman seminar they had just trying to get them to mm-hmm. transition from the summer from being a senior in high school to a freshman in college. So mm-hmm. I wanted my students, the students that were coming in to be able to know that um, they have a support system. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll hold your hand through your next two years, but we just need you to work a little harder too mm-hmm. as well. So that's what I, I look for my students that want the help. So when mm-hmm. I come out and say, hey, I did the same thing. I went to community college. I went to a four-year school and look, look where I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And them students be like, and they want to come up to you and say, hey, I want to, I want to be similar. I want to be like you. I want to be able to work hard and get, do everything I need to do, get the experience and do more like that. So mm-hmm. that's what, that's the students I look for. And a lot of times I've been getting my 25 students, they come in my office every day. They're just picking my brain about things, what they should do, what, where they should get a job and mm-hmm. things like that. So mm-hmm. that's what, that's what I love about my students. They actually want to come there and they want to, they want to learn. Mm. And that's, that's awesome. And I think that you being right here in the community of Millville and you going through it, they look at you as, a, as if someone that has the expertise and you can build that trust with them because you're going through and you've seen everything that they may happen to experience throughout their lifetime. So I, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And we, we're coming to Miami to get some lemon pepper wings. Yeah, we're definitely that. doing that. You, you tried to get lemon <laughs> yeah, pepper wings last night at the establishment. I don't, I don't think they would have said That's what they did. I, in my mind, I'm thinking of what these lemon pepper uh, boneless wings are supposed to look like. When they arrived, it looked like they just threw a whole bunch of lemon pepper seasoning on some chicken nuggets. I'm looking like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? And then she didn't even bring me a fork. I'm like, listen. Is- <laughs> like she wanted me to have my hands full of lemon pepper. I, I think it had something to do with the fact it took you like 30 minutes to order. It took a little. Well, she didn't give me a menu. Yeah, but you still had the menu. You still <laughs> took thirty minutes to. That's order. I was being petty. I, 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 I wanted her to wait for me. Absolutely, <laughs> I wanted her to you to wait. Now, what's interesting is that you, you had like fried pickles, yep. and you had wings, mm-hmm. right? And then you had some beverages, mm-hmm. right? I had a couple beverages, and all I had was the lemon pepper, mm-hmm. and our bill was identical. I'm like, this can't even be right. How, how you get more food than me, and our bill still the same? She was being petty. She put she, that. She, she put probably the extra was. Drink or yet that. She probably was. That's funny, Stacey. If you go out with your husband, right? And he does he take a long time to order, first of all? No. no he's, he's quick. Yeah. So if you go out with anybody, are you going to wait for them? Is it customary that you should wait for the person to, to put your order in? Let's you, say you're really, really hungry. The only time I've ever not done that is when my kids are there and I know we're, we're going to be sitting there for a while. I'll get their food put in first and then we'll look at the menu. Mm. So we've done that a few times. No, but no, no. You out like with Adults? Friends. No, yeah. I wait. Why? Well, it's rude. You Listen, what? we what? all know we're going to a restaurant. You yes. all know that you're supposed to order food at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Well, Why I'm are we not, sitting 30 there? 30 minutes, I might have something to say. Like, come on, I'm starving. Like, let's go. But I passed yeah, him, I passed I him the, the menu. He still wasn't ready. <laughs> I'm not going to wait for him. I, I ain't expecting to wait. So, <laughs> because if I'm hungry, no, I'm going to order. I know what I want. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's having some difficulties. Right. Maybe maybe he needs the text to speak option <laughs> on the menu so he can actually be able to understand what's going on. So you, now, right, you put your order in and... Do you wait for everyone to get the food before you start eating? Yeah, but usually it all comes out at the same time for the most part. Mm-mm. No. Not, well, not, I guess where I go the wrong spots then. Mm-mm. Not uh-uh. my table. Uh-uh. <laughs> I put my food in first. It's coming out first. It's first in, first out. 
Sergio, you know all about that. You go in the inventory. It's, it's first in, first out. <laughs> so if yours is at the top of the waiter's paper, yours better be served first. Oh, absolutely. Even if they bring the whole tray out at the same time. We're, we're going to have a conversation. Okay. Yes. It, it kind of makes sense. To yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna He's going to need a disclaimer anyway. We should get, get him a shirt everywhere he goes. <laughs> you put the disclaimer on your shirt. Just yep. walk around with it. <laughs> That's it. So if I walk in, they hand it the menu. I just hand them my little card. Matter of yeah. fact, all right, we're going to put a disclaimer on my business card. That's what we're going to do. On the back of it, we're going to have a disclaimer. I played myself with the business cards too, by the way. Gave me another box. I'm like, oh, I didn't get rid of the first box. Well, the Vista Print. I feel like I'm right? on the block right now. You just keep giving me stuff. <laughs> so Vista Print, they have this option where you can reorder what you've already done. And I wasn't mm-hmm. really paying attention. Our business cards look the same mm-hmm. for the most part, and the names are different. And I clicked, hurry up, paid the little money, whatever. And then um, they was like, your card didn't go through. I was like, huh, wait a minute. I forgot I closed that one card. So I put the other card in. And then I was like, all right, cool. So nine days later, the business cards come. Open up the thing. Let's see Kareem Spence on there. I was like, these mother jokers. <laughs> I had to order another pair. Uh, why, why is your wallet so big? What is in there? Nothing. It's, you gotta hold up for the it's camera. All about you gotta hold up for the camera. It's about appearance. Now, keep it folded because that thing sit up about maybe three, four inches. It's about appearance. So that means that you have more money than me? Cause this All this is is medical cards in here. You want to doctor after this? <laughs> more medical cards. I don't have a black card in there like you do. All right, so my wallet is, is I don't know what you have in yours. I feel like there's commercial. Stacey, what's how, what's how in big, your wallet? How big is your husband's wallet? How big is your wallet? Where's your, like your merch at? We got to bring we gotta bring the guy in so he can mine's talk about the merch. George, you got to come on the show and talk about the merch. I don't know. Mine is, mine is kind See, of thick. See, got a thick one, too. <laughs> okay. Now, what is in that? All right. So, what's in here? So, I just finished up my stint. Uh, so, I was, uh, res- I'm was i a reservist in the Air Force, but I was in uh, Delaware for uh, my SCP. So, you got these a are weapon like- in there? You- <laughs> <laughs> he went <laughs> military on it. You got a weapon in there? Dude, these are all my permits for all, so all, for all the vehicles so I can drive. So, I can drive like a school bus. Uh-huh. I can drive three types of forklifts. I can drive this K-loader. Basically, I could put like big pallets on. Mm. So I could drive like a bunch of stuff. So they're all my permits. I got to take back to my unit so they mm. can put it on a license so I can just get one paper, not gotcha. 12. I have in my wallet. That's a new segment. So what's, I have to have them with me at all times. So if like, they call it ADCEF, so it's like the safety patrol. They mm. come around saying, do you have your papers on? You're like, yes, sir. It's right here somewhere. It's you in have here. like papers like sticking out at the, at the very top of your wallet. Yeah, that's, all, that's, all, that's all of them. That's yeah. all of them. That's all. They couldn't. They, they couldn't just give me one paper. They had to give me twelve. Yeah. So what's in your wallet? <laughs> what do you have, Stacey? I just have credit cards, medical cards. See, medical Not cards. Much. How many do y'all need? You Wait. got one for each kid? No, but you have like your dental, your <laughs> well, your vision, your, yeah. your medical. I told you the story about my dentist. We ain't got to go too deep into that. But <laughs> so I'm gonna have a new card pretty soon. So shout out to the dentist that want to put cameras yeah. in people's bathrooms and stuff. Oh, that so was yours. Shout out, yeah, unfortunately. Oh. Listen, uh, man, you, are you going to go see him in the county and put your hand <laughs> on the glass? <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. Well, listen, uh, <laughs> coming up after this commercial break, we got T Sharp. We're going to have her on the line. Yes, yes. Um, a wonderful program that they got going down. I think they based out of Rutgers Camden. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. We did have them on a podcast previously. Um, so we're going to talk to Tatiana about the wonderful things that they are doing down there and some opportunities for some students try- talking about getting them into college and preparing them for life after college as well. So um, we'll be back right after this commercial break. Stay in power. Hi, I'm Gary Monteroso, and I just love the sound of beer being poured into a glass. If you also enjoy a cold brew, then join Tara Nuren and me every week for What's on Tap. We'll bring you tasting reviews, some of the top personalities in the beverage world, and much more. Saturdays at 1 p.m. on 99.9 FM, 12.40 a.m. and online at snjtoday.com. 
What makes Inspira Health Network innovative? The latest in surgical robotics. What makes it inspiring? A nationally acclaimed breast center specializing in reconstructive surgery. What makes it influential, insightful, ingenious? Over 15 awards this year, recognizing Inspira's top doctors and nurses, state-of-the-art facilities, and excellence in everything from orthopedics to cancer care. It's all here in one network, and Inspira Health Network is in it for you. Visit InspiraHealthNetwork.org to learn more. Hi, I'm Gary Monteroso, and I just love the sound of beer being poured into a glass. If you also enjoy a cold brew, then join Tara Nuren and me every week for What's on Tap. We'll bring you tasting reviews, some of the top personalities in the beverage world, and much more. Saturdays at 1 p.m. on 99.9 FM, 1240 AM, and online at snjtoday.com. Welcome back to the Empowerment Perspective Radio Show. I go by the name of Demiso Joseph. We got the whole crew in the building. Mr. Petty's here. Stacy's in the building. We got Sergio, who's going to be leaving us soon to go down to Miami. We're going to definitely get down there for some lemon pepper wings for sure. Um, but we, uh, part of the show, we wanted to talk to uh, the organizer, organizers of Team Sharp. Um, the first time I met this lady, I have to say, Kareem, I think I've met somebody just as petty as you are, <laughs> and she admitted it. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Tatiana, are you there? I am. I am. Good, uh, good, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and as always, so excited to, to be on the show with you guys and, and to reconnect and, and get a chance to share about our work that we are doing. Awesome. So let's get right into it. What exactly is Teen Shark? Uh, Teen Sharp uh, is an organization that prepares talented African-American Latino students uh, to attend and to thrive at our nation's uh, top colleges. We are on a mission to diversify the talent pipeline in this nation, whether it comes to businesses, where it comes to government, uh, or, uh, you know, you name it. You know, we um, are really looking to cultivate a core of diverse leaders. Got you. And where, where, did, where did this come from? What was the inspiration behind setting this organization up? I believe you and your husband started the organization, correct? That's right. We started the organization in 2009, um, and uh, we uh, launched our work in Camden, New Jersey, um, um, You know, working with Rutgers University in Camden to host our programming. Um, and uh, since then, we've been able to expand our work to the state of Delaware, and preparing to expand further into the city of Philadelphia proper. Okay, got you. So why, why do you feel like this was a need that needed to be fulfilled? Absolutely. So when we look, you know, in uh, 2009 when we started this work and 2018 when we are at right now, you know, the, the data is not much interested. When you look at uh, access to colleges that are best equipped uh, to support our African-American, Latino students, low-income students, first-generation students who uh, typically do not uh, enjoy most rigorous uh, K-12 through education uh, and therefore are more likely to struggle when it comes to higher education. Um, you know, the colleges that are best equipped to support these students are the ones that do not get to admit those students. Mm. You know, so the number of uh, uh, African-American students, for example, that are uh, top-tier research universities, um, you know, has been flat over the past 20 years uh, at, at around sort of 6%. Uh, 
you know, and, uh, um, you know, for, you know, uh, as uh, uh, we see it, it's a, it's a major, major issue of justice where the resources and the needs are completely misaligned. Mm. These top-tier institutions are also in the best position to allow our scholars who come from families that have been struggling so much and fighting and working so hard to make the ends meet, you know, that these institutions can provide them with most generous financial aid packages such that they are attending those schools for free. Um, you know, and again, our scholars do not know that they exist, that these are the conditions uh, on which they can be uh, attending, uh, attending those schools. And the final point is uh, connections and the network. Um, you know, by joining and attending these uh, very privileged institutions, our students get access to the network that they would never, ever would have been able to access otherwise. Mm. And they can stand on the shoulders of the alums of these uh, uh, colleges to be able uh, to break through some of the historical barriers that exist uh, to leadership in businesses, that, you know, in, 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 in government. So uh, that is why, uh, you know, our you know, desire to see the leadership in this country diversified, um, you know, uh, led us to the theory uh, of action where access to these elite institutions was the central point. Mm, got you. So let's talk about the actual program. What does that look like? Yeah. I do believe it takes place on Saturdays, correct? That's right. That's right. So today our students, um, you know, um, uh, uh, are in session, you know, and they are in session all day today. Uh, uh, as we got our pro new program year started, our programming is very intensive. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, you know, but that is what we found over the past 10 years of doing this work, that that is what it takes to be able uh, to make up for the gaps that exist, you know, and uh, uh, play, put our students in a position so they could be admitted by those top-tier colleges. So our scholars uh, commit uh, to every Saturday, all day, uh, programming uh, for the entire duration of their high school. And on those Saturdays, they take college-level classes uh, in social sciences and in humanities. You know, this year, for example, our scholars are taking classes like race and uh, environmental justice, uh, uh, race and politics, you know, race and philosophy, and so on. Mm. Um, they also receive uh, uh, support in, uh, in math, uh, so we work to remediate the gaps and we also accelerate the students who show, you know, greater proficiency. Mm -hmm. And finally, the students uh, work with our um, academic advisors. We call them pre-college success managers to develop strong habits of academic success. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that our scholars are achieving highly as measured by their grades, not, you know, by accident, but because of uh, a very thoughtful structured approach um, to studying mm -hmm. and to managing their time uh, and to building relationships with teachers and things of that sort. So that is what Saturdays entail. Um, uh, during the week, our students work with our pre-college success managers one-on-one uh, -on -one and in groups uh, to make sure that they are on track to exhibit uh, high levels of academic achievement, that they are embracing the biggest, the the, the most most rigorous classes that are available in their high schools, uh, that they are growing as leaders and they are developing what we call a point of excellence mm -hmm. um, over the course of their high school years that they can sort of brag about when it comes to the senior year and college admissions process. Um, for the senior class, you know, this, uh, you know, during 
the commitment during the week is very extensive because we are, you know, in the thick of the college application season, uh, preparing to submit uh, applications to some of the, uh, you know, national scholarships like Westbridge, um, you know, as well as preparing early applications. Um, so seniors are working extremely hard with our uh, 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 college advisor um, uh, to make sure that they complete all the components of college application, that those components reflect the strategy that has been developed for each individual child, all to the end that they get admitted to the most rigorous colleges possible, that they have options to choose from, and that these options are financially feasible. So, quick question, before they can even access all those wonderful services, how much does it cost? So, the cost for all of this uh, per year is, maximum cost of it is $350. So, for $350 registration fee, uh, our students uh, become part of uh, the program, and that amount of money is prorated for students who uh, come from low-income uh, families. Um, the real cost, however, to the organization is over $5,000 per child per year. And that's the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the burden that our organization have, has to raise. And we are very grateful for many supporters, um, you know, foundations and corporations, banks and whatnot, that understand the critical mission that our organization has and, uh, you know, who are pitching in to make sure that our students can enjoy those services. Got you. So um, is there a parent component to this? I, I believe that um, last time we were talking, I think that the parents did have a class or two that they had to attend. Yes. Uh, so uh, we, we, we have a very close partnership with parents. Uh, you know, King Sharp cannot do what it does without working very closely with parents, calibrating the advice that we, get, that we give uh, and uh, making sure that parents support the follow through and sort of serve as a point of accountability at home when our, our scholars say that they're going to do something. Mm. Um, so to help our parents become better advocates for the students, um, for, for their children, um, you know, we uh, offer workshops, um, um, and those workshops take place every other week. So every other week, as students are in their college classes, their, their moms and dads and grandmoms and uh, guardians uh, of, of, of various sorts, they are also in classes. And they take workshops on uh, what it means to be college ready, uh, how to apply to college, how to select a high school, what makes a good high school good, how to maximize the teacher-parent conference, how to build a relationship with the teacher, and so on and so forth. Um, so, uh, there, uh, and every single time when a parent, their pre-college success manager meets with our students, uh, we also make sure that uh, a family member is part of that conversation. Uh, so everything that we do, we do together with parents. You know, there, there is a you know, very close relationship that we build with our families, all to make sure that we can support our students best. So what's the wait time from the time that you actually submit the application to actually being, I guess, um, into the program? How long do students and parents normally have to wait? So the application, the admissions process typically takes a few weeks. So students submit an application. Um, you know, the, our uh, uh, site manager uh, who manages the recruitment process would reach out if there are any missing components, um, um, like the transcripts, uh, you know, letters of recommendations, whatnot. You know, then they will go through an interview process uh, with the site manager. Um, and uh, uh, after that, then the committee sits together and reviews all the data and makes a decision who to admit. So it typically takes, you know, uh, three to four weeks um, you know, and the admission process takes place in, in spring. 
Gotcha. And um, how can people get in contact with you in regards to uh, more information about Teen Shark? Absolutely. So the best way to get in contact with us is uh, uh, by visiting our website and, uh, you know, uh, uh, contacting us by phone or by, by email. Both of those are available under the contact us page on the website. Teen Shark's website is www.teensharp.org. That's T-E-E-N-S-H-A-R-P. So www.teensharp.org. Um, um, or they can call the phone number 609-227-3625, and uh, ask questions, come visit us for a day, um, uh, uh, and uh, uh, make sure that they uh, begin the process of, of applying uh, in time. Okay, so we're going to switch it up just for a little bit. Now, why haven't I got my information that I asked for about three weeks ago, Tatiana? I'm still waiting. Is my email not working? What's going on? What information? You guys are supposed to send me some stuff via email, and I said, okay, I'll hand stuff out. You're supposed to send me a flyer or something. Well, that's that's a major problem. We'll make sure that we get it to you today. Yes, please. <laughs> I'm take it personal if I don't get it by 12 p.m. You should. You should. You're the king of the petty. You know? yes, I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm, glad that you said that because there, apparently there's somebody that's close to you that also calls himself Mr. Mr. Petty as well. Yeah, so, Mr. Petty that's right. Of, of that's Delaware. my husband. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad that you also admitted that you're petty as well. I appreciate yeah. your honesty. Mm-hmm. Are you still being petty? Listen, listen, you know, compared to, compared to y'all, you know, I'm I'm an angel, you know, when it comes to those matters. <laughs> you can't put me in that category. My, my petty doesn't even count as petty compared to your petty. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you grouped us all together because we were actually talking about putting out a disclaimer just for me. But no, it, it has to be everybody. We're, we're all a group. That is too <laughs> funny. Well, give us that uh, website one more time before we let you go. Absolutely. It's www.teensharp.org, www.teensharp.org. All right. Thank you so much. And please get Mr. Petty his flyers, please, because I'm going to hear about yes, it for the next Yes, we will. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank You're, you for having me. You're welcome. That was uh, Teen Sharp there, a uh, great organization. Um, now I'm glad to see that they're expanding to Delaware. They're um, looking at other spots as well. Uh, Sergio, I saw you shaking your head a lot over there. Anything resonating with you with, when she was talking about the things that she was talking about? So I, from hearing what she said, I love her program, and I love that she gets her parents involved because that's something that, as a recruiter for myself, that I try to do. So the only way a student, I always say the way, the best way a student is going to be successful is if the parents mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. as well. They have to have that family background supporting them. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot of my students that I have, a lot of my students are Latino. A lot of them are are um, are they're my, my students are Latino, African American, and. Mm-hmm. They, they struggle with that. They come out office and they're like, oh, my mom is being this or my dad is being this, but the parents don't understand. Or they're like, my parents don't want to give me their financial aid information. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to get through with this? So a lot of times I'll tell them, hey, let me get your parents' phone number and I'll talk to the parents. Say, hey, look, there's, nothing's gonna be, there's nothing wrong with this. It's like nobody's going to steal your identity. It's getting your, uh, your son or your daughter to be able to go to school. They're starting them to get funding, so that's always a problem I have every year with multiple students. And I've had a lot of really, which is awesome. I had a lot of guidance counselors that they get involved as well. And they'll go to the to the house and go talk to their parents, say, "Hey, we need this. Um, let's see what we can do." Um, but just what she's doing with, with her high school students is awesome. I have a lot of students when I worked at RCGC that I went to Camden. A lot of them went to the, like a Leap Academy or mm-hmm. the Brim School. 
Um, so just to have that aspect there and you have the option. And 350 seems a lot, but it's really not a lot of what she's given these students. Mm -hmm. um, and if and, and so and she says she's prorated to low income, which is even better. So the students that are able to have that opportunity, it's it's awesome, especially doing it where she is in Camden. And now mm -hmm. she's spreading it is even even better. I, I, like I hope that she can spread it down towards uh, Cumberland County area because we have a lot of like mm -hmm. this is a high area for Hispanic students. So. That would be awesome for them as well. Yeah, I mean the need is, is great, and when uh, Demiso went up, you know they're actually servicing those students right there on the campus of Rutgers campus. And that was the first time I actually ever been on that campus. I've drove by it probably about a thousand times, but that that campus is is very unique, and it's right downtown Camden. And I know Camden has a really rough reputation, but the, the kids are safe. They're, they're in a really comfortable environment, and they're downtown. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's it's really a good thing for, for students that are looking to find a way um, to success and using that education as, as a platform. Mm, that's awesome. I do want to switch gears because something was really, really bothering me and that I saw in the media the other day. We kind of talked about this yesterday. The Buffalo Bills player that quit during halftime. He retired, didn't he? The same retired. thing. Retired, quit, <laughs> saw the same thing. What are your feelings about somebody quitting in the middle of the game? I like it. <laughs> shocker. <laughs> this is shocker. I, I like it. it. It's so many times that other professionals have it on their mind to be, you know, so tired and, and worn down. And they like, listen, I, I just quit. He's actually the one that actually said, you know what, I just can't do it no more. So I, I think that sometimes when money, because we talk about purpose all the time, mm -hmm. If your purpose is not aligning with, um, you know, your, your ultimate goal mm. and money was not in the equation for him. So he removed all the money. He was mm. like, I just can't do this anymore. And and the reality is, is that if you know in your heart that you cannot perform at a certain level and that you don't want to put your, your body and your team, anyone at risk, sometimes it's best just to walk away. But I wish I had teachers that were like, you know what, I can't do this <laughs> no <out>. more. And, <laughs> In the middle of I, I'll feel better because I already know that in certain, not the district I work in now, A Cover Township is the best. Other districts that I've been in put out the disclaimer, A Cover Township is the best. So, but I've seen other teachers that come to work and they give half effort. Mm. And what happens is that when you give a kid half effort, you're not giving him what he needs to be able to make it to the next grade and mm. be successful. So you can't give 100%, don't give nothing. I agree with you. I'm looking at this football player that's been playing since he probably was eight years old, all the way up, had the dream of making it to the NFL, and then you just go and walk away like Listen, that. Is it, I, well, was he really walking away, though, because he couldn't do no, it I, anymore or because I, the Bills No, I have stink. a story. I have a story. So I'm closing baseball, right? We're in the playoffs. First round of playoffs, right? I have a, a catcher, and his, his name was Hollywood. I remember this. He got tired because the, the pitcher kept throwing the ball in the dirt. He got tired of having to go all the way back to the fence to get the ball and throw it back. Mm. We're in the middle of an inning, right? He calls timeout. I'm thinking he comes to talk to me and say, hey, listen, coach, we need to get, off, get him off the mound. He's tired. No, he walks past me, takes off his helmet, <laughs> takes off his catcher's gear, unhooks his, his legs, and puts on his hat, his New York Yankee hat, and walk out the dugout. And I'm looking at him like, yo, where, where, where are you going? <laughs> so I know exactly what it's like for somebody to be like, yo, I'm done. I can't do this no more. 
Because, Sergio, you know, it's a long day behind that plate mm, yes, when you're chasing balls. But it's going to say more about you than it does the organization when you walk away, even if the organization stinks like your team did and that and how, the, uh, the Bills did. a good did. team that year. Well, how did quit. you feel from the coaching aspect that your guy just got up and took off? Like When, when you're he, coaching young people, like I had a kid come to me and he said, um, Coach, I used to buy from He was playing left field for me. I said, yeah, hurry up, go to the bathroom. He goes home. Just, <laughs> just leaves and goes home. And I'm like, yo, where, where'd he go? He's like, well, you say he can go to the bathroom. He just went home on me. So now I'm short a left fielder. So listen, this is not surprising to me that he walks Speaking off the Speaking of going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You got to go. See, this is what I'm talking about. In the middle of the show, he's just going to get up and walk away. So it's, it's not surprising to me that uh, a professional is just tired. Of, of the daily grind and just willing to walk away. Now he's not going to go look for another team to play on? He's done, done. I don't think nobody's going to give an opportunity. Well, nobody would give him an opportunity, but well, do you think he just got that mad and left thinking that I'm just going to go somewhere else because we're not getting anywhere here? My Oakland Raiders are looking for a cornerback. We can't stop the pass at all, so we can't get any type of pass rush. So I would mind Vontae Davis coming to play for us because he was a really good corner. So You think Gruden's going to deal with that kind of nonsense, though? He's dealing with the nonsense right now. He is, but so, do you want more? Need to think he's going to handle more. I'm an Oakland Raider fan. We give second, third, fourth chances to players, so it's, it's nothing new. Um, but at the same time, I mean, when you you have somebody that is just tired, I mean, he he's tired. He goes out there and plays, and he can actually because the sport is so violent, he can actually hurt himself. Right. And he will never be able to to walk away. I remember uh, Jack Tatum. Um, who played strong safety for the Oakland Raiders. And this is in a uh, preseason game back in the early 70s. He he crippled somebody when he hits he laid on somebody. He made guy paraplegic. Um, and he didn't have any qualms about it. He was like, well, this is a football game, and this is just what I do. Don't come over the middle. So I, I really can't be upset with, with the Vontae Davis for walking away because he was done. Yeah, but he, if, he, if you think he's still going to come back to do that to your team, like he yeah. left this team hanging. Kind of like I just did y'all. First time. I'm used to it. When I I tell you that my whole baseball experience had allowed me the ability to persevere, I went one in 79 in high school. So you can't tell me about quitting. You struck out on tees. You got kids leaving games to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and don't feel like catching anymore. So Do you know what it's like to get 20 run? So the game is scheduled scheduled for four to six. So you figure that if you don't get your at-bats in, at least two at-bats, the game is over. We're Mm -hmm. going home in three and a half. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, so 101 one in 79. I know all about losing. The Cleveland Browns. I just think he likes that guy because that guy's petty. I think he's petty that he left. Mm. No, I really think that he made a really good decision for himself and the family. <laughs> but, but you're okay with him going and playing somewhere else? He can come, he can come to Oakland. We need a corner. Mm. I'm not mad. But could he have taken a different role? So instead of being a cornerback, could he have been, could he have helped other guys grow? Could he have been like a coach, a cornerback coach, if he was that good? Could he have taken another role? Or just taking himself out of the game? Yeah, said, yeah. look, I'm not feeling it tonight. I, I'm done mentally. I need to come out. Not time. retired. Like to reach. <laughs> what are your yeah. teammates saying in the locker room? They're like, like, I'm yeah. not saying anything. And then they were saying stuff. I mean, how do you not get frustrated with a player like that? Oh, how do you God. not get frustrated? If this was with your teammate player. that you needed. I would have turned the shower on right next to him and got well, if, you, if you knew his plan, if you knew that's what he was planning on doing. It's, it's, well, I'll, I'll say this. That, that locker room um, and the, the cohesion and brotherhood of football players, there's, there's a whole lot that goes on in 
those lives of football players that mm -hmm. nobody knows about. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a really strong brotherhood that looks out for each other. Well, look mm -hmm. at Pittsburgh. You see the, the disaster in the locker room there. It's really it's translated onto the field. It's, it's not so much as a disaster in, in Pittsburgh. Like, that's really small. As What we see is actually really small as to what's really going on behind the scenes with those guys. So you're talking about guys with a whole bunch of egos that are all probably the best that ever did it in college all coming together to humble themselves, and only 11 can play at a time. Hmm. Um, and then when you talk about professionals and contracts, like when, when he left, like I wasn't bitter. I wasn't mad like, yo, he's, he's, he's leaving. <laughs> so I can't he be didn't do it in the middle of the school year. <laughs> yeah, he did. For him? For, for he's me. 12 months. <laughs> for me? Oh, that's what <laughs> <laughs> So, but he, he made a decision that was best for him and his family. So you, you can't. True. Wait or take it upon yourself to say, you know what, and be selfish and say he should be here. Mm. Like, I'm going to applaud him because mm. he went ahead and he did something for him and his family. That's but awful. not in the middle of school day. Yes, it was. He quit, quit in the middle of the year. I, I was supposed to be making schedules, <laughs> 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 which is really, really important to a school. A little bit. <laughs> no, you like, understand. I that about. All right, so here's the thing. Right, in the, in the school that we have, we have approximately 900 students. Okay. You can't have 900 students transition all at the same time. You've got to have two, that, three minute buffer. Is that what schedule he left? He, I, I didn't leave anything. <laughs> so they all train, bell rings, everyone just goes. You can't well, have that. Whatever happens, happens. Yes. Um, I do want to do another transition. Stacy. I believe you have a segment that we talked about. I kind of forget what we were talking about. Can you explain what's about to happen? Well, I was just going to say, like, my shift. Like, he's got the petty thing going, mm -hmm. and you take it personal. And when we first sat down at your kitchen table last summer, um, we were on this journey to change our mindsets and to find our purpose and stuff like that. And I'm still struggling. I'm, I'm still, I don't know, I just can't get out of my own way. So I'm going to try to start giving tips that I'm using now to really try to push through and start having some success and flipping my whole script around a little bit. So what do you got for us? What tip you got for us today? The first one is just start. If you feel like you're over the status quo, hmm. not retiring or quitting. That's not an option. <laughs> He, he was tired with the status quo, right? And he took to, off. I'm about to quit on that BMW now. <laughs> okay. in, in, in the middle of my contract, I'm about to quit on that BMW now. But so just ahead. start. It might sound like a daunting task to try mm. to overhaul your life and start seeing things through different lenses, but it's worth it, and it's not as, it's not as hard as you think. Mm. I agree 100%, and that's where, where this whole thing came from. It's just mm -hmm. kind of just starting. Um, a lot of us in our lives, we, we have these big plans and these dreams, which is wonderful and, and awesome and those things. But in order for you to live your dream, you have to start working your dream at the mm -hmm. end of the day. And there's so many people that are um, selling themselves short because of either, you know, their own personal insecurities. Like you say, getting out of their own way, whether they feel like they came from a certain neighborhood or they come from a single family home. They got every excuse under the sun. Everybody got a story. Mm -hmm. There's nobody that doesn't walk this planet is that's perfect. You all come from something. The difference is is that people overcome those obstacles and they use that as a source of motivation and inspiration. Um, it's easy to say that oh well, I was abused or this this mm -hmm. and this and this is the reason why I fail and do this stuff like that. Um, but that should be a source of motivation. And if you look at your major CEOs of in in the world, they all come from struggle. Mm -hmm. Because that translates in business when things, because things are not going to go right in business. Mm -hmm. uh, God knows we know that things are not mm -hmm. going to go right in business. So you have to uh, stay the course and, 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 you know, keep going. But starting is really, really, really important in, in just being able to step out there and trust yourself and, and your abilities at the end of the day. I mean, you take that first step, 
before you take it, you already you have to go. And we talked about this last night. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a 50 50 chance. Mm-hmm. When, when we were talking, you was like, mm-hmm. you go in and you say, you know what? I think I'm going to lose. I'm like, no, I'm going in. I think I'm going to win everything. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, at least if I lose and I don't get disappointed. And I'm thinking, no, because if I lose and it's not me, it's you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, and I do that too. Like, I'll, I'll say, I'm going to stink at this, but I'm going to do it. There mm-hmm. does, you got to take that disclaimer off of mm-hmm. No, well, no, 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 no. Where, where we have to take a little more Kareem No, I don't agree with there. That. that. I don't agree with that philosophy. You're going to go in with the philosophy you're going to lose? Yes. Like, dude, my friends used to hate it all the time when we do it in sports. I'd be like, yo, we're going to lose. It'd be the worst team we're going against. Like, yo, we're going to lose. And then you get mad at me. But if I go in prepared for the worst, when it happens, I'm not upset about it because I told you we're going to lose. If we mm-hmm. win, all right, I'm that much more happy because I wasn't expecting to win. Great. It's also, let's, let's have some fun. But if I go in thinking I'm going to win, mm-hmm. and we lose, I'm devastated. But and if we win, I told you we are going to win. There's no, to me, there's no gratification. So you just want to be right. I just want to be. You want to be right. No. If, you, if you lose, mm-hmm. you're ready for it, and you're not hurting so bad. But I, if you win, I don't want to hurt everybody's as bad. happy. How about that? I don't want to hurt as bad. You know what it's like to go 1-79? in 79? I played football for Temple. Okay. <laughs> so you understand <laughs> the pain of, of showing up, right? And Knowing um, you're going to lose. No. No, 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 no. And I guess this is where my attitude kicked in because, again, it's not me. I'm not the reason that we're losing. You're, you're the reason because you stink. You're not trying hard enough. You're not showing up in practice like you're supposed to. Uh-huh. You're not getting extra reps in. So, mm. for, for me, it's more so that when I look at it, I'm thinking that because my confidence, and I'm not cocky, I'm just confident. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not just me. <laughs> I'm going to bring my nephew on the show. You've been here before. Mm-hmm. He's, he's even confident as well. Mm-hmm. I have a brother that's really confident. Mm-hmm. This is something that has been instilled in me by mm-hmm. my dad. My dad is really confident. So my sisters are really confident. So it's not cockiness because I'm not saying that I'm better than you. All I'm saying is that when I arrive, I expect to win. Let me put it in a different perspective. Let's talk about your car, right? Okay. You expected that car to run smoothly and everything mm-hmm. was cool with it. Now all mm-hmm. of a sudden this trunk keep popping open. Yes. Right. So you devastated every time this trunk popped open. You mad? Now I'm not mad that it keeps opening up. What I'm mad about is every time I go to have it repaired, it cost me four or five hundred dollars. That's, you're, that's you're upset. weird. But if you go into it knowing that that trunk is going to be broken anyway, and I'm going to put up this four hundred dollars, it don't hurt as much. He's got a new car mm. soon. Not really. <laughs> I already knew going in that it's going to cost. It's either going to cost a little bit uh-huh. or it's going to cost a lot. Like this is not my first go around with with these luxury vehicles. Uh huh. So. Like we talked about the headlight. The headlight was $100. Mm. And I didn't want to bleed a guy that the headlight cost $100. The mm. HID bulb was $100. Mm-hmm. $170 to put it in. Mm-hmm. No. So we had a conversation about it. And I'm like, yo, $100 light bulb? <laughs> no, I'm not believing you. So if you're going to buy a high-end car, it's going to come with high-end prices. Uh-huh. So for me, it's not me. It's really the car. Your car is just as petty as you are. Oh, I, I have it. petty cars. Every, <laughs> car I, every car I buy is petty. I heard last week you have petty shoes. Are you doing better? Complete. Uh, I, I am. I'm, right? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I am. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm healed 100%. I'm off the injury report this week. But um, And we talked about them. having comfortable shoes is important, mm-hmm. especially when you do a lot of walking. Because um, that, man, that'll mess up everything. It mess mm. up your swag and everything else. You're walking. <laughs> people, yo, you got to go to the bathroom. Why are you walking like that? 
that is too funny. Well, this show is definitely sponsored again by Old Brother down there in Second and Market in mm. Philadelphia. Yes. Um, we have an update. They actually changed the date of their um, grand opening celebration. It's actually on the 13th, the mm-hmm. following Saturday, and not the 6th, October 13th, down there in Second and Market. The Empowerment Perspective Group will be down there doing a live podcast. So Absolutely. come down there, check us out, and have some fun with us and chop it up to as Old Brother, Second mm-hmm. and Market in Philadelphia. Yeah, come buy me some bar- Parmesan fries. Some Parmesan it, fries. I can't eat that. I'm on this no starch diet right now, so no bread. Yeah, my uh. wife. My wife got me on this no starch diet. I'm trying to get rid of this daddy gut. I'm tired of telling my kids telling me that I'm fat. So I, I, need, I need I need to get this daddy gut that. So that that's what I'm doing right no now. No starches. No starches. That's hard. It is extremely hard. I went to a barbecue the other day, and they ain't had nothing but hot dogs and hamburgers, and I don't eat beef or pork either. So and then they had mac and cheese and then they had like uh, pasta salad. All I got was a little fruit bowl that was frozen. F- That's it. So you're gonna have to pack a lunch everywhere you go now. You're gonna have to bring your bring your own food. I'm gonna bring my own food. Did you, I, you, huh? Did you complain? I didn't complain. Didn't it was free. I didn't pay for you it. Didn't put so. out your disclaimer. <laughs> so, here's what I tell people: If you're going to invite me to your barbecue, you have to check with me first so I can tell you exactly what I eat so you have it prepared so you can for. Have it. Or don't invite me because you're gonna be standing around. You be like, "Well, what's wrong with him? Why he's not eating?" Because you didn't check with me first. Everybody, Kareem likes yes. dry chicken with uh, lemon pepper. Lemon pepper, yes, on absolutely. there. That's what he likes. Yes. So make sure you had that at the next yes. barbecue. Do you get hangry? <laughs> no, I only eat once a day anyway. Mm. Right. So I can stand at a barbecue and drink water the whole time, but you're mm. going to feel offended because you'd be looking, oh, he don't, he don't like my food. It's not that I don't like your food. I don't like mayonnaise, and I don't eat pork, and I don't eat beef. So that cuts out ribs, that, mm. that cuts out hamburgers, that cuts out hot dogs, mm. all the salads that people like to make with mayonnaise. Gotcha. So this big party you're having, is it going to be your food for 80 people, I'm, like turkey burgers on you lettuce? Know how it is. When you have a party, you kind of eat. Wraps. Yeah, I had lettuce wraps other day. But you kind of eat and you don't really, you know what I mean, while you're preparing stuff, you kind of nibble here and there. So I'm not worried about them too much. But um, it should be fun. Before we wrap this show up, I do want to give a shout-out to my nephew. I'm on my way to Harrisburg right now um, to celebrate him. Um, he is uh, officially cancer-free mm-hmm. and no awesome. more chemo, so we're going to go up to Harrisburg to celebrate with the mm-hmm. family out That's there big. and chop it up with them. Um, we're definitely going to try to get an um, a episode based upon cancer because it's something that really mm-hmm. touches my family, um, you know, from my wife down, we down to, you know, cousins and everybody that's down there. Um, so definitely want to um, have a show soon, um, trying to get an oncologist on and, and some people to talk about their experiences. I don't know what it is. Um, I feel like all of a sudden everyone around me is starting to have, you know, this unfortunate situation happen to them. Um, we have colleagues and stuff mm-hmm. like that that mm-hmm. um, also have it. And I don't remember it being as bad growing up. So something's mm-hmm. going on. I don't know whether it's in something that we're eating, drinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but um, we got to get to the bottom of, of what's going on here. So mm-hmm. um, shout out to my, to my nephew. We'll be down there in Mark. And um, uh, talk about a man that's strong. Mm-hmm. That, that's boy, big, that boy is strong. So um, definitely a motivation for me. So uh, after the show, I'm going to actually go watch my daughter play soccer. And they they have a goalie. They play real soccer. We have a goalie this time. She's got a goalie this year. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> then that's a little I, bit bigger. I, I swear this is a different league. <laughs> 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 this is a different league. 
there. Ain't no way you're supposed to be missing open shots. It's that is funny. Um, I keep shouting out 2019. Make yes, sure yes. you get your 2019 ready. Listen, man, the fourth quarter's over. Might as well forget it. 2018 is a, is a wrap. Yes. If, you, if you're still trying to work on 2018, you are behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's time for you to make sure that you are focused on 2019. Start planning for 2019. Um, and I, I put this post on Facebook, man. You need to start really examining who you got in your circle, man. Mm-hmm. It's, sometime, it's time to cut some of these bench players and, and make them quit at halftime mm-hmm. and walk out on your team. Let them go because um, they, they're holding you back. Mm-hmm. They're holding you from starting. They're holding you from getting to your dream. So um, look at your re- reevaluate your lineup just like the Browns did and might put your back up in because um, you're going to get that momentum. You're going to, um, you know, hopefully – catapult into 2018 so uh, we're back on the radio october 6th um hopefully uh, i'm gonna shoot for the the cancer episode for october 6th so be on the lookout for that shout out again to old brother second in market we down there on october 13th we got a bunch of stuff coming up for 2019 i cannot wait to reveal what we got going on some big stuff so make sure you stay in tune with us um on here at snj today because my man gary monterosa and what's on top until next time stay empowered